0: Welcome to Chasing the Hug, the podcast series where we talk about wrestling, movies, pop culture, sports, and anything else producer Jason tells us to talk about. I'm your host, Nick Johnson, and I'm here with... Steve Seck! Go sit! Hooty hoo! Hoody hoo! How you doing today, Nick? I'm doing great. How you doing, Steve?
1: Doing really well, man. I really appreciate this opportunity to be on this podcast with you again another week. Interesting enough for our audience out there, last week we dropped our first episode. This week, producer Jason actually went on vacay, so he's not here, so we're going to try to man the controls ourselves and see if we can do keep you entertained here for a little bit of your day. So, Nick, appreciate the opportunity to be with you again.
0: Oh, man, I'm so excited to be here with you. You are my bestest friend. Oh, and-
1: you're
0: my best good friend. And we have so much fun. But you know, a quick thing about producer Jason you know, going on vacation. What's one word to describe him? I mean, honestly, I, I hope he doesn't actually
1: end up listening to this episode, but the dude is stanky. stanky. And when I say stanky, it's not because he smells bad. He puts himself in smelly situations. And mm. what I mean by that is um, if you've ever been in the Wellness Center early in the morning, the fog is in the air, it's mm. dark out, and Jason likes to work out early morning, so do we. But Jason ends up eating this egg uh, extravaganza where egg he has all these different hard boiled eggs. I, I think actually his Sunday is spent on just boiling all these eggs. And so. He loves to make it really stinky in the office and breaking these eggs open. And it's gotten so bad that I had to say something to him and actually didn't change him then. No. I had to go to his boss and I had to say, Miss, Miss Dickman, please. Yeah, that's what we call her, Miss Dickman. Yes, Miss, Miss, Miss Dickman. Miss Dickman, would you mind telling your your, um, your underling that uh, <laughs> he, <Supporting> he, it. <laughs> he, he's he got them stinky eggs and he needs to keep his door closed? So ever since then, he does keep the door closed. And um, sadly enough, I'm not there anymore because you guys kicked me out of that office. We did not kick I, I you out. But I would say Stanky.
0: Stanky, okay. Uh, the, the word that came to my mind was selfish. I mean, we've got a podcast to do here, and uh, he's very integral to that podcast and does a lot of behind-the-scenes work or claims to, and he's not here for it. So we're, we're kind of out here on our own. I would say he's very selfish. I mean, where is he? Bora Bora. I heard Abu Dhabi. Uh, but Wasn't that a character in uh, Mac and Me? You have to f- beck in me. Huh? that's that's gonna be later, you know, uh, let's go back to uh, talking about chasing the hug. Can you explain to our fans, our audience what chasing the hug is? Well,
1: I don't know if I did it enough uh, service last week when I spoke about it, so um, I'll go into a little more detail. When you're watching a pro wrestling event and or you're there, you're you're in the audience, um, the face for the most part is gonna go out there and try to have you like them and they're gonna do whatever they can to, put themselves over. And so most ways, a cheap pop um, chasing the hug would be just announcing the city of which you're in. Hey, everyone here in Richmond, Indiana, best place ever. Get up on the heel. Their job is to come over here and to gain
0: more heat. And they don't want to chase the hug. The, the face is going to chase that hug. The heel wants to chase that heat. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, the face of the good guy, the heel of the bad guy. That makes perfect sense. And we're just faces here. We're talking heads on a microphone chasing the hug. And so, you know, last week we were real heavy on the uh, professional wrestling, because that's our thing. We're totally into that. And uh, we enjoyed that a lot. But we want to, you know, this is going to be about everything always and multiple different storylines. and are you uh, laughing? Different, <laughs> because you're funny. Multiple different storylines and uh, different topics. I mean, we're talking about everything always and talking in circles all the time. And I think today, if we could maybe talk a little bit about another one of our passions and interests, which is horror films, or as my kids like to say, scary movies. I'm in. What do you got for me? Well, you know, I've got a couple questions. Like, you know, what do you love about horror films? What do you love about scary movies, Steve? I, I just love the
1: way, the anticipation, the uh, the heart-pounding experience, the not knowing what's around the corner. I am a fan of R-rated horror movies. Uh, I'll, I can go to a more detail later about what that means between PG-13 nonsense and R-rated mm-hmm. horror movies. But I, I like it when you just get that feeling like you just don't know what's going to happen. And the anticipation is just chef's kiss.
0: You know, I'm kind of the same way and I haven't been scared by a film in a long, long time. And I'm not saying that to uh, humble brag. I just, I love the art. I love the work that goes into creating that, that atmosphere, that aesthetic, that sense of trepidation, the fear that someone might have sitting in a dark theater watching a movie or the the unknown and, and how a great director and a great film and just good cinematography can take you to another place, trap you in that place so that you're sitting underneath the chair saying, don't go in there. You better not do that. Don't do that. You know how people scream at the screen? Like, I, I love that effect. And, I, and I, I just think they're spectacular movies. How'd you get into the horror genre?
1: Uh, Well, I I can remember as a kid, um, and you know I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. Mm -hmm. um, The scariest scene I remember as a kid was that librarian scene from Ghostbusters 1. And um, I couldn't handle it. And that kind of set the tone of, like, initially I'm like, I I just don't know if I'm going to do this. I can't watch it. I don't like it. And then I was able to watch a movie called Monster Squad. And um, it's more of like a... On the same lines of like a Goonies kind yeah. of, uh, um, you know, ensemble cast of young kids. And, you know, they're trying to get these monsters out of the town and the ta- monsters are taking over the town. Um, but there's some scenes in there, too, with that um, that Dracula is like pulling people's heads off. <laughs> and um, I don't remember. There's not probably not a lot of blood on it, but the idea that people's heads are getting pulled off. Um, was just scary, but I was able to watch it and I'm like, okay, if these kids can do it, I can do it I can watch it if they're able to fight these monsters out there, so I I think that's what kind of got me into it, and then from there um, I've kind of dove in deep into the different aspects and the different types of horror movie Um, but I I would say that's kind of where I began from the initial stages of being super scared watching a Ghostbusters into kind of being able to tolerate it and go into the
0: Monster Squad side of things what about you? Well, you know, it's really interesting because um, when I was really little, we weren't allowed to watch a lot of scary movies, but um, I, I remember watching the original, it's interesting you say Monster Squad, because I remember watching the original Universal Horror Pictures, and so you've got like Dracula, the Mummy, the Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon, um, all of these together, and you see them over time on like a midnight matinee or watching something with, with my mom when we were little, and I just... Midnight matinee? Yeah, it's at, uh, there was a guy in Indianapolis called Sammy Terry, and he's, like, dressed in this, like, scary outfit. You know, those, like, old Halloween shows, like Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, <laughs> scary which, Terry. by the way, i self-admit. Sounds like a guy that has to report himself to neighbors. So, no, no, when it wasn't scary. It Sammy Terry. <laughs> no, he said Scary Terry. <laughs> Did I say Scary Terry? myself? was <laughs> <laughs> the guy who has to self-report. He's got to knock on, <laughs> let his neighbors know who he is. Door to door. Hey, my name is Scary Terry, and uh, I live in your neighborhood. Scary uh, Terry he is. <laughs> No, cemetery. And he okay. drove like a hearse, and it's like a play on words cemetery, cemetery. Uh-huh. And uh, he would show like those. You remember Gremlins 2, uh, where they had the old Dracula guy doing the horror movies? Or, or, or like Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, mm-hmm. Secret Crush. Like, I'm just going to put it out there right now. Like, love Elvira. Um, but anyway, like, so it, I, I would see these old movies now, just the way the art was done and how they used the shadow in the mummy as opposed to like the actual actor all the time, just building that anticipation or Dracula's shadow or the makeup of. Of the Wolfman over time And that just evolved Into this like Fascination with horror movies and, and how they work
1: Well so then What ended up happening With the Universal monsters That were supposed to be Coming out here When they had that Tom Cruise mummy movie And they were going to Redo the whole thing uh, I don't
0: know You know it takes a guy Like producer Jason to Just throw a wrench in everything You know those guys exist In big time Hollywood too So I mean I'm sure That's what happened Must probably be. Jason's fault You know, um, my first horror film that I can clearly remember was a 1984 movie called Dreamscape about a guy who can go inside dreams. And I remember this, like, snake monster, like, frightening me. And then another—this is probably why I'm afraid of heights— this uh, nightmare where this guy was falling indefinitely before he hit the ground, and then you could die in your dreams. It made me scared to sleep, but— you know, I just become fascinated with that effect that these movies can have on us, what, what our eyes see in our ears here and then what we think we see in here. And you just it's like, you know, chasing the rush. You mentioned uh, Monster Squad is kind of like a gateway for you. I think you just keep looking for that deeper and deeper anticipation and that deeper and deeper sense of foreboding.
1: I don't agree with you. I, I'm um, I'm more of a fan of where you have to um, believe that this actually could happen to you. When I went back and I talked to you about the PG-13 versus Rated R, PG-13 horror movies, you're not going to get a lot of gore, and what they're going to do is they're going to use noises that don't pertain to actually where they're happening, just a loud noise that make you jump, and then the person's right behind you. That could be a friend that's right there. I don't need the fake scares. I need you to go out there and really go in and have the psychology of making me scared. Not a lot of gore, not a lot of blood. I want stuff that... Could be real, um, but also I don't need the cheap, the cheap thrill of the loud noise that pops out there. That's where the PG-13 movies do it differently than the R movies. Red R horror movies, I know they're going to go hardcore and do it a little bit. Uh, they're not going to have the nonsense there. They're going to do a good
0: job and keep you on your edge. Yeah, I think I agree with that. The only other thing is I do like the fantastical, and I like it to be just a little bit out of bounds where it's almost realistic, but there's that element of fantasy to it where you, you're kind of iffy. Could this have happened? Okay, so
1: give me a yes and give me a no. What's a, what's a, What do you enjoy? Like, for me, if I'm looking at this, I would say, like, The Strangers was a really scary horror movie where it could happen, where people are breaking into your house. Yeah, um, Those types of things. If I'm looking at... Um, I mean uh, the idea of Freddy is cool but right. Freddy is, is is not something that um I'm saying this now I'm thinking in my head like I don't want Freddy to come and get me in my nightmares see what I'm saying yeah. it's
0: just close enough right yeah. like Robert England, just close enough where there's there's it becomes an urban legend uh, Freddy Krueger Candyman now what what hurt Freddie was all the multiple sequels and then the gags mm-hmm. that Robert England and whoever the writers were put into the show but like the initial nightmare on Elm Street this urban legend of this evil custodial boiler room operator uh, doing illicit things to children and murdering them it's just enough that you know it keeps you on your edge, and you're trying to wonder, is that something that is scary or isn't scary? And I think our minds tend to believe that it is. Yep. All right, so you're, you're going to yeah, ring the bell. All right, so now think about this. We talked about horror films. We love horror movies. What's the best horror film you've ever seen? What's your favorite?
1: Uh, favorite horror film of all time? Um. <sighs> So, not super scary, but I really enjoyed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm. remake. And that really sadly has to do with just because Jessica Biel is in it. I love Jessica And Biel. Jessica Biel then in the early 2000s was a smoke show. I'm also a fan, this is just a really bad horror movie too, though, is uh, House of Wax with Paris Hilton. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I like am, the cheese. I like it, and and so, um, and this is just a little bit of a side note, I went, um, and my assistant, Mike Caduto, got married a couple years ago and we went down to Great Florida. Great guy. He got married over in, um, geez, they got, what city was that? Um, Winter Haven? Winter Haven, yeah. They got married in Winter Haven. We actually stayed over in Orlando, my wife and I, and made a little vacation out of it, and we stayed in Celebration, Florida. You ever heard of Celebration, I've heard Florida? of Celebration, yeah. You know yeah. what Celebration was made for? No. Okay, celebration was made for that the workers in Disney would have a... A town that looked like Disneyland, but in where they lived. Okay. And oh. so it, it ended up being where it was like too much money for the workers to need to get places and so they ended up selling. But the architecture of the place looks a lot like um, the Truman show. Okay. And it yeah. just looks and it, so it's like really creepy and kind of kind of cool though. And I, I look at House of Wax and House of Wax was they made this whole town out yeah. of wax. And there was things going on, and and, and, and it was like – it kind of reminded me of that aspect of it, how it, it was – you know, it's a little town where it could be fake, but there could be some kind of stuff going on there as well, too.
0: What about you? Interesting. That's I, I like that. That's really interesting. Well, my favorite horror movie of all time is Halloween, the original Halloween. It was shot on a limited budget. It was uh, the first to revolutionize the Steadicam uh, camera technology. It was um, just a lot of different um, – suspense built into the idea of the psychosis of the little brother who goes to kill his own family and the older sister who's the only survivor. Uh, there's psychological and psych- psychotic aspects to the thriller. Uh, it's just real enough that, you know, these things uh, keep you on the edge like you're asking, uh, like you're talking about. And it's also kind of fantastical enough that it's interesting to me. I think the original theme with a couple of chords on the piano uh, are just bone chilling. And I think so much art was made out of that movie with just such a limited budget and newer young actors and starting off a Jamie Lee Curtis career and um, it's just a personal favorite of mine and I try to watch it every Halloween. Halloween 1 and Halloween 2 are just a good continuation of an excellent storyline.
1: Have you seen um, X yet?
0: No, I have not seen X. so X is a a
1: 2022 horror movie that just came out and they actually just had a... um, they were, they, when they filmed it, actually they filmed the prequel called Pearl. They filmed that at the exact same time. Pearl yeah. just got released as well, too, right now. And it was made, I think, in total for like a, a couple million dollars, and it made upwards of 13-plus million. And wow. It, it, I mean, horror movies, when you look at it, like the Blair Witch Project, they right. are always a low-budget product that make... Lots of money because it's so cheap to make those kind of movies, especially when you have the paranormal experience ones or activities yeah. where you're just having these camera angles and the anticipation of what scares you. And that's why I think you know movie production companies go with horror is they know it's not a lot of overhead. You're not paying for these overpriced actors anyway. I mean, really, the only horror movie I can think of um, that you knew a big time star was in that. Yeah, spoiler alert, uh, early in the movie, this person gets killed, but Drew Barrymore right. in Scream. That was like uh, Wes Craven going really way out there and killing the star of the movie. They thought you know, uh, Drew Barrymore is on the poster. She's on this. And what she lasts like 10 minutes in the movie? <laughs> if that. You know, and so uh, usually for the most part, you've got these low budget. You don't have to pay a lot of people, but they bring a lot of money into the theaters and people watching them. And I will say, too. Horror is something you have to watch in the dark And you should watch in a the theater yeah. If you're watching a horror movie at 2 o'clock in the afternoon With the lights on Like, why?
0: Eating Doritos yeah, yeah, it just ruins the effect I think it, it that we talked about That it has to be atmospheric, right? It's got to be something where you're really feeling it And you're getting swept away by the, the imagery and the sounds I completely agree That point was cash Yeah, that point was cash money Alright, what's the most underrated horror film? For you Underrated, Yeah, doesn't um, get enough credit. Give me a second on one. Do you have an answer on that one for yourself? You know, I love them all so much. Um, but this is a kind of a quirky one for me. And I don't know if, uh, if our fandom will agree with this. But there's a movie, and it's I think it's PG-13, so you're not going to like this. And most people don't consider it a horror film, but I do. Uh, it's called The Crush with Carrie Ewells, Carrie mm-hmm. Elwes, Carrie Ewells from The Princess Bride mm-hmm. and um, uh, from The Clueless. Um, Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. And that movie iconically scares the crap out of me. Wasn't Mark Wahlberg in that
1: movie too? I think he was. He might yeah. have been.
0: He but The there. Crush, like the idea that um, this guy's life is totally ruined by the uh, missteps uh, and the... Um, almost psychosis of a fascinated, infatuated teenager. Um, I just found that to be horrifically frightening.
1: Yeah, I would, um, if I'm saying underrated, I don't think it's maybe an underrated movie, but something that might not be totally seen as horror is The Burbs. You ever see The Burbs? Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, The Burbs was uh, um, a movie with... uh, Tom Hanks and, um, basically his neighbors, he believes are, um, killing, killed the old people that used to live in the neighborhood. And, uh, it it was just a a good movie. uh, but there, there there's some things, again, I watched it as a little kid, um, that I think, you know, kind of scared me a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I totally get that. These things stay with us, right. Um, underrated is such a relative term because, you know, one person's trash is another person's treasure. Um, But I think there are a lot of films that don't get enough accord. What do you think is the best horror sequel? If you had to name it, if you had to say, oh, these movies are kind of a trilogy. I'm going
1: to say this and this is what I truly believe. And and this is a um, what's the term called when they have multiple movies in there? like a trilogy or a... It's not a trilogy. It's basically in the franchise. Oh, franchise, yeah. I would say um, Final Destination 2 is by far the greatest one of sequels I've seen. If you've seen that one... And you now drive on the highway, and you're behind a pl- uh, a truck that's pulling those logs. <laughs> yeah, I think about that a there lot. Is actually, zero chance that you're not driving to the other lane right there. Yeah, that I, is 100 I happening. I thought that was a great movie. Um, and uh, they kind of went off the rails. They did an amusement park. They, you know, yeah. they did a whole bunch of other stuff in there too. They did another one where it was like on the San Francisco Bridge, right? And mm-hmm. that whole thing collapsed there. But uh, Final Destination Two
0: for me is this is the the best sequel movie there was. That's so funny. You mentioned that. every time I get behind like a log truck or anything with like heavy metal poles. I'm just, i just—I moved to the other lane. That's so true. What about you? Uh, the sequel, again, Halloween 2. I think it builds perfectly off of the first one. It's got a little bit more budget to it, a little bit more action, and the suspense kicks up a notch. So,
1: yeah, The movie I was talking about was not uh, The Crush, was Fear. And that starred Mark, Wal- Mark
0: Wahlberg okay. and Reese Witherspoon. That's right.
1: And You've got to understand how I can get that one a little bit confused there. Reese Witherspoon and Alicia Silverstone. Sure. Um, a little
0: bit there. Mark Wahlberg, Carrie Ules, as you wish, Princess Bride. All right, we're we're gonna be getting close to time here, but I got I got to ask this question. What's the scariest horror movie of all time?
1: I don't even know you're gonna ask that one. Um, I mean, is it is it just seen as? I would say if you're asking just people I'm in you. general, I'd say. Um, I mean, you got Psycho, which would be one of the top ones there. Um, you'd also have uh, The Exorcist, I think, yeah, would be uh Totally the Exorcist. Total, total the Exorcist. The Exorcist
0: is the scariest horror movie of all time, in my honest opinion. And I'm not just saying that as, a, as an outright Christian. It's just it's frightening to me. Well, that stuff happens. The Exorcist. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Well, we're about out of time, folks. We hope that you were... Pleasantly scared by our little uh, Ooh, ah, ah. Halloween's today. coming up. Yeah, Halloween is going coming for up. Halloween this year. Uh, I'm going to dress as an assistant athletic director. What is that about what you? what do? What about you? What are you uh, going to ask? I'm going to dress as the assistant athletic director. <laughs> uh,. Thanks to producer Jason for our topics today, even though he couldn't be Cheers. here so himself. Uh, we'll be back next week to discuss our thoughts on who has the best outfits when they come to work.
1: Yeah, and also here, let's talk about just please rate, review, and subscribe to or follow our discussions whenever you get a chance to listen to our podcast. We come up with a new episode every week, just like the one you just heard right now. If you want to join the conversation, please leave us a comment or send us a voice message uh, through our anchor.fm page. I apologize for those that we didn't get a chance to read those comments from last week. We'll make sure we get on it this week and get a chance to read those for you and hopefully producer jason will be back with us um with a little bit of tan but he is a head of red and so his body will get super red
0: thanks for being with us i'm nick johnson steve saxon thanks for listening